0: You're listening to the Contemplative Light Podcast with your host, Clint Sabom. Hello, greetings and welcome to the Contemplative Light Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Sabom. And thanks to all of the listeners, we have over 100,000 all-time views on this podcast, so I just want to thank all of you for being loyal listeners and fans of the Contemplative Light podcast. And today we're going into a little bit of new territory, but it's not quite as off the beaten path as one may think. And I'm going to be talking about Franz Barden, who was a mid-20th century mystic, in his book, Initiation into Hermetics. And I do believe it's very much in line with contemplative Christianity and also with Buddhism. And so I'm going to lay this out to you, but I feel this moral obligation almost that This work is too good to sit on, so I do want to share it. It may or may not be the best thing for you, but it has been a very, very helpful tool for me. So, And the best way to just get into hermetics a little bit, the best way I can describe hermetics in terms of contemplative Christianity is that Hermetics is very similar to ancient Christianity, the way the early Christians lived, and specifically with Gnostic Christianity. Not just the Gospel uh, Gnostic Gospels, because I think it's in line with those, but also the way the Gnostic groups lived. And I know Gnostics is a broad term, and there were a lot of different kinds of Gnostics living um, at that time in early days of Christianity. But, you know, I'm talking about the ones that are kind of more into the Gnosis part, the intuitive knowing, and some of the ways they lived, and some of the methods they used and um, their lifestyle. I would say the Hermetic science is very similar to that, and um, I would say that it's very much in line um, with a lot of Eastern teachings as well. It's just a kind of Western approach. And one caveat about Franz Barden is sometimes he is grouped into the occult, but he himself, in initiation into hermetics, basically says that he is not in the occult. He is working in the light towards increased spiritual enlightenment and increased self-mastery. So it's both Um, an integration of the awakening and liberation um, spiritually and the self-mastery. So I feel like it's very valuable. And the work initiation into Hermetics is very dense. I would say that this is my favorite book of all time. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is a close second. But the thing with initiation into Hermetics is that Barden runs through the power of now in the very first training exercise. So Barden's book is basically laying out the cosmos of the way he understands things and then getting into these training exercises on three different levels, on the level of the physical, on the level of the soul, and the level of the spirit. And sometimes the soul is referred to as psyche. I would say it's very similar to basically what humanistic psychologists might call um, psychological development and self-actualization, as in Abraham. Uh, Abraham Maslow, if you're familiar with some of his work. And the spirit, the spiritual um, aspect of this and the spiritual training is sometimes interchanged with mental training. And I would say that spiritual is very analogous to what, um, you know, uh, silent prayer is... For contemplative Christians, resting in God, resting in the spirit plane. And so let's just begin to get into it. And I will start out with the cosmos that Barden lays out. Um, And it's similar to other Western mystics who worked in spiritual alchemy. Um, People like uh, Nicholas Flamel, people like the legendary St. Germain, it's similar to that. And it's a Western system, but it's kind of one of the non-canonical Western systems. It doesn't belong to um, traditional Christianity or Islam or Judaism, but it does draw from those sources. And Barden does believe in God and Jesus Christ, And Barden um, does uh, very much honor the Kabbalah and work with the Kabbalah. And so, um, you know, there's a lot to it, but it's certainly very much in the realm of what we're doing here at Contemplative Light. I just want to emphasize that, you know, in case... Um, you know, it comes as a shock that this book is so, so valuable to me, but his cosmos basically involves chiefly working with the elements, which is a little distinct from some of the, um, major religions and the path there in the mystic traditions, And the four main elements being fire and water, earth and air. And so working with those, you basically get those in line in your understanding with those in line. And you have fire and water as the main ones. And then you have air as the neutralizing principle. And then you have earth kind of containing all of those in the physical form. And then he has something that when those are put together and worked with in the right way, a whole lot can be achieved. And that's a lot in the training exercises that he goes through that it's working with the elements. And then he also has something called the akasha which most religions, um, you know, regard as the beyond. But it's really kind of an in-between phase between here and the uppermost level of the heavens. So the Akasha is, you know, very much connected to um, what one might call the astral plane. And it is the other world. It's what's contacted, um, for instance, by shamans in going into um, a different world and going into um, a state where they're retrieving messages. And so traveling in the Akasha or connecting with the Akasha will also, you know, you will also be able to access the other world so that, you know, you don't wait until you die to go into the Akasha and, you know, continue working through your spiritual process there. Um, and Nancy Rines, who was talking about her near, I think that was her name, she was you know, on a very recent episode talking about her near-death experience. And in my sense is that she said she went to a level kind of in between here and the hereafter and met spiritual guides that helped her train in that other world and I believe that is very uh, similar to what Franz Barden is calling the Akasha and the Akasha does have other beings and I know that astral projection can be a very scary thing for most people but it's certainly never been scary for me there's never been i mean it can be a little shocking it can be a little shocking having visions of the other world and having um travels into a different dimension of some kind even if it's just for a short time or even if it's just for um, lucid dreaming that can occur during sleep or even like a deep sleep where it feels like you're going into another world and you're very slow waking out of that. But for me, I am integrating the astral plane with the level of psyche and soul. And my experiences there have all been very good. But you know, um, all of the elements arrive from the Akasha. And it's kind of the connecting point, too, between here and the uppermost level, which is basically the, you know, resting in God and contemplative Christianity. And I'm throwing a lot at you, and I'm throwing a lot at you here simply because the book initiation into hermetics is so dense. I mean, he runs through so much material so quickly, you know, that it's almost as if every sentence is jam-packed, you know. He doesn't take time to explain each thing. And so, I think it can be a difficult book at times because of that, because Everything is so dense, and he runs through the exercises very quick. But his basic cosmos also includes that, you know, beyond the Akasha, there is, you know, that higher level, as I mentioned, of the integration of all things and the perfect balance point of resting in God. And on the way there is the Philosopher's Stone, you know, and the saying with that is, you know, as above, so below, the microcosm and the macrocosm, the quintessence of the alchemist, and it's more of a spiritual alchemy with Barton. We're not really talking about mixing a lot of tinctures, although he does get into the power of water and the magnetic principles and what he calls the electromagnetism of of things um, and using the literal elements. But the elements he is talking about using are more, um, you know, they're analogous to literal fire or literal water, but they're also... Um, you know, more in the spiritual plane. So there's a lot of visualization um, exercises as well. So there is a lot to this book, but I, and it is very dense, but I feel like it runs through so much so quickly, and everything is so densely packed. It is a lifetime's work, really, of going through all of this. And I have talked to listeners of the Contemplative Light podcast who are very much interested in getting into this work, but they feel they are not ready, so they're still kind of preparing in um, their chosen paths. And the Philosopher's Stone, um, you know, which is basically the key to eternal life, and um, the um, kind of, you know, uh, primary tool of all, that also has analogies in other traditions as well, you know. And, um, you know, perhaps in, in Buddhism, for example, the Buddhist mantra, Om Mani Padme Hum, is, uh, you know, I think it translates to something like the jewel that's in the eye of the lotus. And I would say that jewel is the kind of Buddhist version of the Philosopher's Stone. But the Philosopher's Stone's a little, little, little much to get into on this first episode. So I'm just trying to lay out everything. And, um,. So we've got we've got the elements. We've got fire and water as the two main elements that originated from light and the akasha descending down from God. And then we have um air as the neutralizing principle and earth as the container of all principles. So um in those four elements are kind of a four-sided magnet of sorts, which Barden calls the four-sided magnet or the tetragrammaton, um, which is the secret. And he also talks about the Yah, Yahweh, basically, basically the Yahweh, but he breaks it down into four, four, um, sections as a kind of four-sided magnet, as, um, you know, the sacred word going off the Kabbalah, but it's very similar now to basically what Richard Rohr uh, talked about in one talk I heard from Richard Rohr about breathing being, you know, Yahweh, ya know, and just breathing is the ultimate prayer because it's praying to Yahweh, um, you know, if you break it down that way. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm giving a lot of qualifiers, but this book is definitely worth reading and checking out. Um, My own spiritual process has kind of moved me here. I don't feel like I've you know, left in any way my um, contemplative Christian practice or my um, some of my Buddhist practices as well of of mindfulness and breathing, getting into this because that is very much that stuff is very much included in Barden's initiation into Hermetics. So this is some really good material and I know I'm throwing a whole lot at you uh extremely fast but um you know I, I really want to to share this this work because you know Barden then moves on to those training exercises which are very dense and he encouraged you is you to master each exercise before moving on to the next one. And sometimes the timeline that Barden gives for going through the book, I think, is a little too fast, because he assumes that when you pick up the book, you have spent years and years of meditation already. And that may be the case with some of you you may move through initiation into hermetics very fast. My encouragement would be something um, a little more lenient, you know. I would encourage one to read the entire book first, to get the book primarily, and then read the entire book first. And I found that the book itself has like a literal power and you know it may sound a little far-fetched but actually holding the book simply holding the book can generate some energy and simply reading the book all the way through it will already begin to begin to work on you so it's almost like a kind of living being that you know self propagates and self-renews as you read it. So I would encourage to basically read the entire book first and then go through it again and begin the exercises and do constant repetition of the exercises. And even though, you know, you may not master one, I would say it's a good thing to go on and do the next one. But it's kind of like, you know, in Hinduism when they say the mantra teaches you how to use it and teaches you how to breathe. It's the same way with this book. It will teach you how to use it and teach you the best route to take. Because one thing Barden mentions, which I'm in total agreement with 100%, is that each person is different and each person is unique and each person is going to filter this in a different way. So I don't think that, you know, in giving, um, you know, advice to use this book is a one-size-fits-all approach. I would say each person is going to differ about how they integrate and absorb this material and almost need to you know reach out to God, reach out to Barden in the other world for help, and you will you will kind of be guided as to how to use this book. But I do believe it's the best manual for living that I've ever found it's recently had kind of a renewed sense of popularity. There is a lot of people interested in it and some are interested more in the spiritual side. And there's also, you know, kind of a group of millennials that are interested in it for just the self mastery part, just the kind of be all you can be. And but the benefits of this book are multi- multiple, you know, it will um, increase physical health, increase focus, senses will be sharper, blood pressure would, will be less, you know, sleep will be better, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's many tangible effects. And I'm also putting up YouTube videos, not on the Contemplative Light YouTube page, but on my personal YouTube page, Clint Sabom's YouTube page, um, which is under the Graveyard Cowboy. And in that YouTube page, I'm putting up videos about Barden as well right now, because I do believe my spiritual path has kind of taken me here. Um, I very much, um, you know, got involved in uh, contemplative Christianity, which, again, I don't feel like I've left completely, and also Buddhism and Hinduism and the teachings of Roger Castillo. But right now I feel like I need something more active. And you may be led here yourself now. After you read this book, um, or perhaps you've already read it. I've talked to some fans of the show that have already read the book. And so, um, you know, you may end up being led here too, but, um, it's certainly not the only path. There are other good paths, obviously. And, um, you know, I, I hope I've at least laid out some, um, you know, if not very quickly of, uh, some of the principles, uh, that he, he does. And the training exercises are very dense. They involve, you know, all three levels of the human, the physical, the psyche or soul and the spiritual or mental. And, um, so you basically kind of go through, Step one, uh, physical, soul, and spirit. And then you go through step two, physical, soul, and spirit. And the um, wisdom in this and the power in this um, is just absolutely incredible and um i'm glad it's gotten back out there and people are becoming more aware of it these days because it was almost like this very this very secret thing for a long time but thank god for the internet um and that has has made it possible and one one guy i'll also kind of get give credit there's There's about two other Barden practitioners in the English language that um, put out stuff about Barden besides me. And one of of the real good ones uh, I've noticed on YouTube is uh, called SIFU, I think, which is a title of some, um, I, I guess, initiation process of some kind. Mark Rasmus but he puts out some very good uh, practical advice a lot of Barden stuff and a lot of uh, as well kind of Tai Chi Dallas stuff and Eastern stuff and um, he can be very helpful too so um, I encourage you to look into this and again if you want to contact me for any reason I'm back and available, and you can always email, email me at connect at contemplativelight.org, or you can email me at thegraveyardcowboy at gmail.com. Um, I am certainly available to talk to you by email, or if you're interested in any coaching or possible coaching or spiritual direction, we can set up a free exploratory call. So um, I'll just leave it at that for now. I'm going to be doing some more exercises, which will be, uh, I mean, some more podcasts, which will be focused on specific aspects of the Varden teaching. But um, again, this is, we're not going into occult territory here. We're going into a mystic and a spiritual teacher. He uses the word magician, but he says it's interchangeable as far as he is concerned with uh, being a mystic. They are one and the same. And he is a universalist. He believes that there is one God um, of all religions. And uh, that's also what I believe. Um, You know very much. Um, probably best described as a Christian universalist, um, that contemplative Christian universalist, which believes that, um, you know, there is wisdom in all traditions. And so, um, yeah, yeah, I've given a lot. And um, I'll do more that are more specifically focused and maybe a little less dense. But I felt, I feel... A real urge to share all of this with you right now. And again, thanks for listening. I very much value all of you. And if you want to be in touch, please do not hesitate to contact me. Many blessings to all. Thank you for listening so much. Have a great day and a great week.